Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran. And today, here we are on July 26th, um, when actually when we're recording this is July 24th. Um, you'll understand as uh, the episode goes through the uh, background behind that. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, yeah, so welcome to the show today, guys. Uh, I'm super pumped for today's episode. But uh, before I uh, delve into who our guest is today, um, I'm just going to touch on something that was discussed on our last episode last week and it's kind of funny that uh as soon as we bring it up in 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 uh, conversation that it kind of becomes a reality um so you guys will know for the for those of you uh, regular uh uh viewers of the show will know that last week one of our discussion topics was a follow-up to our, our previous episode, The Waiting Dead. <laughs> we talked about uh, whether or not these Walking Dead movies were supposed to happen. So the first episode, it was, of course, uh, Sean Doucette and Kyle Easty join us for that episode, uh, for both episodes, actually, because we discussed it in the second episode of the series, and then we discussed it in last week's episode. Um, and so we... we all kind of decided last week that collectively, okay, we don't think these movies are going to happen. It's been too long now and uh, no one's really going to care. Um, but now uh, that Friday, so last Friday, this past Friday, it was just announced at San Diego Comic-Con that uh, indeed uh, we were right and we were not right. You're wondering what I mean by that. What I mean by that is that the Walking Dead movies are, aren't happening but they are happening. <laughs> Basically what's going on now is uh, it was announced Andrew Lincoln and Denai Guerrero who play Rick and Michonne in the walking dead. Um, they came on stage at San Diego comic-con and announced that they are returning for a six episode limited series, uh, Rick and Michonne spinoff series that will take the place of the Rick Grimes movie. Uh, so six episodes, uh, you know, so two hours each, that's the equivalent of, of a movie trilogy. Uh, so I guess they're they're kind of happening and they're not because uh, it went from a movie to a TV series. But anyway, they're it's happening in some way, shape or form now. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> it's just kind of funny that we were talking about that. We're like, oh, they're never going to happen, this and that. And then sure enough, we hear news of it. Um, however, I'm still in the minority of I know they announced it. They said it's going to happen. Uh, but they also said many other things that are not going to happen. So not saying that they're not going to happen. I'm just going to say that I'm, I'm going to wait until they're actually filming before I can officially say, OK, they're going to happen. Uh, and I said that before. I said once I see them on set filming, Andrew Lincoln's on set, he's got the cowboy boots on everything, then I'll believe it's happening. I'm still in that mindset, although my 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 uh, predictions or, or gut feeling about uh, the likeliness of this happening has gone up significantly since Comic-Con. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, we might do another uh, discussion in a future episode about that. Maybe we'll get Sean and Kyle back on. We'll see. I'm not sure. I'm not going to speak for them. Um, so, uh, yeah, so um, uh, today's episode, I'm super excited about our guest today. Uh, he is a, a comedian from uh, uh, from Canada, from Ontario, uh, none other than uh, Mr. Jeff Leeson. Uh, he is um, he's uh, they they describe him as uh, he's a comedian who uh, who works best with his surroundings, uh, meaning that he's very interactive with the audience. He's super funny, dude. Uh, Definitely be sure to check out some of his stand-up online. Um, and uh, he actually has a stand-up special. So when this episode is released, probably sometime in the morning, it will be uh, uh, July 26th. You will see his stand-up special on YouTube. Jeff Leeson, sorry, I'm not Kevin Hart. Uh, that will be uh, on now today, or it will be on this afternoon, depending on what, when you're watching this. Um so we'll just say July 27th. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, so July 26th now, uh, uh, Jeff Leeson, sorry, I'm not Kevin Hart on YouTube. Check it out. He's a super funny dude. I highly uh, recommend him. And um, he's also going to be talking a little bit about his upcoming stand-up tour here in Miramichi at Carrefour Beausoleil, the non-virtual comedy tour on the East Coast, uh, Saturday, August 20th. Um, more details will come in the show uh, uh, near the end. We will talk a little more about that at length. And uh, we're going to be discussing uh, uh, how to keep up with the must-see movies, because there's so many of them nowadays, and then especially with all these streaming services and TV series that bridge the gap between all these movies. How do you keep track of them all? Um, so we'll talk about that. And we'll also uh, pay our respects and uh, 
give a little tribute to Robin Williams, who would have been 71 on July 21st. And it's also almost the eight year anniversary of his death. So um, one of my biggest influences probably will be as as many of you who um, aspire to be a, a creator or entertainer of some sort. I hope I, I, I would like to hope that Robin Williams has influenced you. Um, uh, so yeah, we'll talk a little about that at length and, uh, yep. Yeah, so, uh, without further ado, guys, uh, enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Corkin Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corkin, and today I am joined by uh, a very well-known uh, comedian. Uh, he uh, is actually on um, on a uh, non-virtual comedy tour. Has that started already, by the way? Yes. Oh, sorry. Are you asking me? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yes. there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been going on for quite a while now. Yes. Okay, right on. Yeah. So, so yeah. So he's currently in the middle of a tour, and uh, it, he is none other than uh, Mr. Jeff Leeson. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, thank you for having me. No, absolutely. So, uh, how have have you been? I mean, obviously, this tour is probably taking up lots of your time. Uh, how are you managing it? How are things? I mean, like, where whereabouts has the tour started? Like, like, is it Canada? Is it? Are you kind of going all over the globe? What's the deal with that? Uh, so this tour is almost over, um, and it has been going on for at least a year. And uh, yeah, we it's been all over the place. So all over the U.S. and then uh, all over uh, Canada. Actually, you know what? Mostly the U.S. We haven't we haven't done a lot of Canada. Mostly in Ontario, and then um, we're doing the East Coast run in August, uh, back to Ontario again for our final shows here, and then a new tour in uh, in September. Okay, right on. So are you from Canada originally, Jeff? Are you or are you London, Ontario, Canada? Yes. Sir. London, Ontario. Oh, well, there we go. So uh have you kind of um uh uh have you are like are you still is that where you still reside in Ontario or do you live somewhere else now? Where do you where where is your main location now? Yeah, so like if I'm if I'm I'm mostly on the road, uh, but when I am touring in Ontario I'm based still out of London and then um, obviously most of my time is like in hotels and stuff when we're when we're actually like on the tours and stuff okay right on so so wow that's gonna be that's gonna be super exciting you're able to see the sights really I mean like you know uh, that's something that everybody dreams of they always say they want to go exploring and they want to like 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 some some people say oh I I just want to live on the road I just want to basically just go go from 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 uh from like country to country or city to city you know what i mean so you're you're basically living that it seems like so yeah the only thing is uh just because it's i don't get to see a lot of the sites you know because we're in a town for like a day you get in you go to the hotel you if it's been a long uh drive you might take a brief nap you have a quick uh, workout and a shower, you're off to the show, you do the show, you have some dinner, you go back, you sleep, you get up, you drive to the next town. So unfortunately, it's uh, um, not a lot of uh, not a lot of like stopping and, and you know, seeing different things, although I, I've seen awesome stuff as we're driving and cool mountains and, you know, stuff like that have, has been great. Um, but it's it's uh, be, because you're always working and always either performing or you know i'm always doing editing or booking i book all my own stuff as well so i'm in the hotel i'm at the show i'm in the car um most of the time on it still awesome and that's exactly what i want i'm not a sights guy anyway so it doesn't it doesn't really matter uh to me that much so um you know, I'm, I'm not uh, heartbroken about it by any means, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely less sightseeing and a lot more traveling and, and performing. 
business before pleasure. That's kind of your motto, is it? Eh. Always. always. <laughs> there absolutely. you go. And that's a great way to be. Um, so uh, you, you've you uh, 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 performed all over the globe. You've been everywhere. Uh, is there one spot in particular where you're like, if I could go there again, I go there again? Like I see, I was reading on your site, uh, you, you uh, performed in Cuba as well. Is that correct? <laughs> Technically, yes, I did. That was a, a private uh, event that I did there for a wedding. Um, this couple was, uh, they were big fans. They had come to a bunch of shows I did in Toronto and they really liked um, my style. And they asked if I would come to their wedding and perform, uh, which happened to be in Cuba. It was like a destination thing with all their friends. And so I did like a show at the uh, the night before the wedding and then hosted like their party or reception or whatever um after the wedding so it wasn't it wasn't like a live show or a tour show in cuba it was a it was a private event but i got to be in cuba for a week so it was awesome well that's really cool that's really really cool actually and and so you do weddings too and stuff like that eh? like you do weddings uh, any types uh, of events uh and so i read on on your site uh for anybody who's looking to book jeff for any sort of uh uh wedding whether uh, or any type of event at all really uh you just email bookings at uh jeffleasoncomedy.com that's correct eh because that's the the email i took off your off your website yeah perfect that's the the best one yeah i do a lot of uh uh private corporate event weddings are very rare that's that's a that's an extremely rare occurrence i think i've done three four maybe total in 22 years of doing this so they're very very rare and also they're very difficult those are probably the toughest shows to do because it's like literally their special day their like biggest day so every you know it's a lot of pressure um, but I do a lot of corporate events, a lot of like Christmas parties and company events and stuff like that uh, every year. And those are always, uh, well, I shouldn't say always, but those are fun. Sometimes they're, sometimes they're a disaster, but uh, a lot, of, a lot of times they are, they are fun. Just do what you can kind of thing. eh? so, <laughs> um, so um, I was curious, I mean, uh, you say you've been doing this for uh, 22 years. So uh, uh when did you first start uh, start doing stand-up? Like, uh, was it something that you always knew since you were a kid or was it, did it just kind of hit you when you were like 20 years old or, or, or like, like, you know, like in your teens and just thinking like, yeah, I think I might uh, want to try this. Or like, when did you realize that this was your calling? Um, well, I was, uh, I, I became fascinated with stand-up comedy when I was about probably nine or 10 years old. There used to be a couple shows on TV called Comedy at Club 54 and Just for Laughs. And they were back to back every day after school. And I just, I, there was something just, um, I was enthralled uh, by by the performers and just the overall art of stand-up comedy. And um, just uh, fell in love with it and, and was a huge fan. And... I never thinking that's what I would do just because I was a kid and these people were on television and I grew up in a town in Ontario that was, it, it just seemed like a huge leap for all of a sudden me to be on TV or something like that. So, um, sorry, I'm, I just realized I didn't shut ticket sales. Woo, no. <laughs> My apologies. I wish that would be great. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I was a huge fan of it. And then, in school, we would always make like presentations and stuff. You'd have to do reports. And I'd always uh, just put comedy into my presentations and just like had a knack for presenting. And, uh, I, you know, I was not a class clown. I was very quiet, but I could just I knew how to make people laugh and present. And uh, so I would I was kind of doing a version of stand up comedy. Then it was not you know, writing jokes or whatever, but it was throwing humor into um, like book reports or, you know, presentations or whatever the projects in school, whatever you do. Right. Mm. Um, When I, when I was in grade eight, I was voted valedictorian of my grade eight class. And you have to give a speech at graduation to the entire um, graduating class, their parents, you know, friends and family, all that kind of stuff, the teachers. And um, I threw some roast sort of roast jokes in about the teachers and some jokes about our class trip and our scoreboard at our school that was really 
can I swear on this? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It was a really shitty scoreboard <laughs> and uh, we ne- it never got updated the entire time I was at that school uh, or years before I got there. So I just threw in these things. And like at the end of the, um, the speech, the valedictory speech, I got a standing ovation. And it was kind of in that moment when I was about 13, where I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, I don't know what this feeling is right now or what is happening here, but this is what I want to feel every day. However I do that, I have no idea. And the next time I was watching comedy on TV, I was like, well, that, that seems like they're getting what I got at the valedictorian speech. Maybe there's something here. And, uh, and then by the time I was 14, that's when I did my first uh, stand-up show. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Because uh, for me, like years, years ago, like all family members, if you guys are watching this and all people I went to school with, uh, I think it was, it was about fourth grade where I I, I would I would have done the same thing that you did. I would I would uh, turn on like the uh, comedy network. I'd sneak on. I mean, like there were some shows on there that, you know, at my age, grade four, that I probably shouldn't have watched that I would sneak on without my parents <laughs> knowing. Um, and so um, uh, it I kind of did almost the same thing uh, 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 you did where I'm like, uh, we did this camping trip to uh, Mount Carlton uh, and I did this big uh, stand up act for that. And it was like, oh, people were like, oh, my God, like this is like (laughs) it, it felt so it felt like it felt like a dream come true. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. And then years later, I'm like, nah, it's not really, it's not really, uh, really my cup of tea. Um, but the fact that, 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 that you started that young and kept it going all these years later, that's really something that's actually really, really, um, really inspiring too. Cause some people would say at that age, they do it for a bit and then they might have a couple of ga- uh, bumps in the road and they're like, I can't do this because this, this isn't for me kind of thing. And you mm-hmm. kept going through with it. Uh, w- were there any uh, influences, uh, anyone in particular who like you strived or you were like uh, a str- strive to be like, or you were influenced by any comedian at all? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld early on was probably mm-hmm. my biggest um, influence. Just he was the one that I, I just became aware of him more. And I think he was the first full special I saw. Um, and then there was lots of people I saw over the years on Just for Laughs and Comedy at Club 54. The great thing about those was they were shorter sets. So mm-hmm. you would see like three or four comedians on each show. And so it, it just gave you, me a, a bigger appreciation for the art and the craft of comedy because I saw it done so many ways by so many different people, different styles, uh, you know, Canadians, Americans, British, British humor, people from all over the world. And so I really just fell in love with the overall craft and, uh, and, and was, uh, you know, just enthralled and enamored with the, um, the art form of comedy and got to see so many amazing artists over the years. That's amazing. And then I'm sure that uh, there's some people who will be influenced by you or have been uh, influenced by you. And then that's also got to feel super gratifying to know that that you've made such an impact on them. And uh, and uh, that's that's definitely you're like, wow, like I'm like I I basically created this person uh, in a way. So Jerry Seinfeld is listening to this podcast and he's going, I created this guy. <laughs> and now I'm like. Well, Not that you ever think, watch it. Yeah, I think uh, I, I. I mean, at this point, my style. I don't. I don't know if Jerry Seinfeld would be a fan. Uh, but when I first started, I was definitely very much like him. It's not at all like that now. Um, all these years later, but when I was a, a teenager um, and first starting out, he was definitely uh, a blueprint for how I was even just in my cadence and how I was presenting and how I was uh, uh, writing even at that time was, uh, was very much Seinfeld, but um, yeah, now it's, it's vastly different than that. Well, and one thing I love about your, your uh, style of comedy, because I've actually watched uh, lots of your clips and, and and your performances, amazing stuff. I laughed out loud at, at at a, at a number of them. One thing that I love that you do is how you always incorporate the audience 
I love I love that that style of, of humor. Did you always always do it that way, or was it always like you started off like just writing jokes one way, and then and then you started that later on, or how how would you manage that? Like, what was it? Yeah, no. When I started, I was very similar to Jerry Seinfeld uh, in in my approach to writing and uh, joke telling and stuff like that. I was kind of observational. I switched then more into like personal stuff. I would tell stories about my family. Uh, my my grandmother was hilarious. My whole family was really funny, and so I would tell stories about them. My mom. I was really young, so one of the issues that I was facing when I was really first starting out was I had no. Um, uh, I, I couldn't relate to the audience. Audience couldn't relate to me. We had no connection at all mm. because I'm a kid and I'm telling stuff. I'm telling jokes. Like I, I had something about homework at one point. These people haven't done homework in 25 years. <laughs> they don't give a shit. Uh, I'm talking about my mother while a guy who just got divorced from his wife and lost half his money is sitting there in the audience going, I don't give a fuck if your mom made you take out the trash. Uh, you know, so that there was, it was very, very tough in those days because I was so young. I had no life experience. I was in school. I lived at home. In many cases, my mom had driven me to that show. So she was also sitting there watching me perform, but it was all written out. It was, it had nothing to do with the audience. There's absolutely no way to do that early on in your comedy life just because you need the stage time and for me i had to learn the art and the craft of comedy i had to learn how to write a joke tell a joke more than anything i had to learn i had to become confident on stage and figure out like who i was sort of both as a person because you're so young you got to figure out like who the fuck am i like who who as a person and then when you go on stage who who am I up here and can I bring what I make my friends laugh with or whatever? Can I bring that on stage and do that uh, to a room full of strangers? And um, so for the first like 10 years, I was nothing but jokes. At one point close to the nine, 10 year mark, I started incorporating a lot more questions to the audience. So it started out almost like that was the premise so that's how I got into the joke was like hey sir uh uh what do you you know what's your uh job or something and he would tell me and I'd have a joke about um jobs I've had or jobs I got fired from or something like that or I'd go hey nice gray shirt uh, let me tell you about my shirt and, or you know and it would go into something and then little by little like I would ask a question they would have an answer and I would have something to respond to or if there was a heckler, I could just, I was, it was easy to deal with that. And I was getting these big, big laughs off of the unscripted stuff. And I had a friend that came to a few shows and he said, why you're getting bigger laughs off that stuff than anything you've written. Why don't you do a whole show just about the audience? Cause they seem to like that more. And I was like, you're fucking crazy, man. There's, there's no way to do that. Like, I, it, it, it was very, it was seven minutes of stuff or 10 minutes of little things with the audience that were luck, pure luck that they even worked. And then I'd go into the stuff I wrote and it was like 50, 50. It was okay. I was, I was passable as a opening act or whatever, but it wasn't memorable and nobody cared and it didn't get the, the response. And so little by little from around the 10 year mark and over you know, through the next few years, I started to develop a more personal and unique style where I could go in and create in the moment a unique experience for the audience that can't be uh, replicated another night. It has to be that way at that time with whoever is sitting there and whatever we've experienced together. Yeah. And then, I mean, uh, lots of, of uh, comedians have been doing in COVID they've been doing like virtual shows. If, if you based your whole comedy act on just audience interactions and you're doing a virtual show, how's that going to work? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's so good. What, yeah. What saved me during the pandemic um, was because of my skill set, I started doing a lot of corporate virtual shows. So I would reach out to uh, companies that I've done corporate shows with in the past and some recommendations, which I really appreciated. 
and I would say, uh, you know, give me some inside information about your company. Tell me some things about the people that work there. And then I did my own independent research on their site and their website and about their um, their company. And then I created a show for them. So even though I can't have the back and forth and they're not in front of me, I could still create a personal and unique experience for the company, uh, even in a virtual setting, because I knew sort of this, this inside information and stuff like that ahead of time. Well, well there, that's awesome. That's awesome that you, you still just kept it going, you know, like you didn't stop. You just find the best way to make it work, make, make the best out of a, yeah. uh, uh, bad situation. Well, um, I did stop. I did, you know, I, when it, when COVID hit in March of 2020, I had about, I was in Los Angeles and I had about 80 shows lined up, uh, between, March, April, May, and June, I think, uh, March, April, May, June, maybe a bit of July. And we were going on this big tour. It was, uh, all over the U S and then a little bit of Canada, uh, myself and a guy who, who was opening for me. And, um, we were going everywhere and within two days, every one of those shows was done and we had to figure out, um, you know, what was next. So it was not, that was not immediate. I spent months not knowing what to do or like what the saving, like I had no money coming. My only income was touring. And so I, it, it, it was a really dark time, really, really bad time. And, um, was, I had never had to go through that before because I could always, uh, book other shows or book, you know, more shows. And so I got very lucky. A company out of Ireland hired me to do a virtual show. I had no idea what I was going to do. And they sort of uh, created it in a way by sending me information. And at the end of that show, I knew, oh, okay, I, if I can do this for them, I can do this for anybody. And that saved, I would, I would even go so far to tell you in quite honest, all honesty, it may have saved my life. It may have saved my life. Yeah. I, not, not that it was, um, you know, I, it, yeah, I, I just think there, it was a really bad time and I, I'm very grateful and thankful uh, that, that, that happened at that time. Wow. That's, that's unbelievable. Wow. I mean, you, you really don't realize what you have until it's taken from you for a bit. Like you really, and that, yeah. that became evident Yeah, these past two years and it must feel great that you're, pretty well back at full force uh uh you know what i mean like now that you got the stand-up special as well which um is out today because we uh this episode will be released on july 26th even though we're actually uh recording this two days before uh so by the time you're listening to this podcast uh, Je uh jeff leeson sorry i'm not kevin hart will be available on youtube uh is is uh, there anything else coming on just youtube or it is gonna. It is on YouTube only. Uh, this is my. So I've done other specials, and what's ended up happening with them is they're always in a place where somebody can't access it. So like I had specials on Amazon Prime, but only available in the U.S. and the U.K. So people that followed me in Canada were like, I can't get your special. Uh, I got a specials on, uh, it's called Next Up Comedy. That's only available in the UK and uh, Europe and maybe the US, but you have to sign up and there's a whole process and not a lot of people know about it. And so again, um, I had a, a dry bar comedy special that came out last uh, December, I think. And that one, you have to be subscribed to Drybar or pay like a subscription or whatever. So some people saw it, some people did not. This is free for anyone. It's on YouTube, the most easily accessible comedy special I've ever had, which I'm very excited about and will be available on YouTube uh, today, July 26th. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, we're, so we're technically right in the future now. <laughs> That's right. What time does this come out? This comes out uh, around 7 a.m. on uh, on uh, Tuesday. Okay, so the special is out later today. I think it's at 3 p.m. that it comes out on YouTube. The Jeff Leeson Show is yeah. the YouTube channel that it will be on. Um, yeah. And it's called Sorry, I'm Not Kevin Hart. 
the uh, so the special comes out later today, uh, which will be at 3 p.m. today on the Jeff Leeson Show YouTube channel today, which is of course July 26 currently right now. We are. We are in the future. <laughs> right. It's That's really right. weird. It's really weird how that works, but uh, here we are. Um, so uh, uh, speaking of, uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, how it's hard for people to see certain shows and specials and movies and stuff like that because of Amazon Prime and, 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 and all that. And it's good that you're putting this on YouTube. So that way it's, it's uh, YouTube is a platform where everybody can come watch it without any issues really, uh, which will also, which will bleed into our first main topic, which is uh, how do we keep up with these must see movies, especially in, in today's day and age where, as you said, there's so many of these movies and, and uh, TV shows that are all coming out on all these different uh, streaming services. So I'm, I, I mean, uh, how do you manage to, 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 uh, uh, um, I mean, you, it, it, it's definitely hard, especially for you, considering that you're so busy now uh, with all this. But I mean, are you a big movie guy? Like how, like, like, uh, were you always like one of those big movie goers who was always like, I got to see this movie this time, this time, as soon as it comes out kind of thing or. Absolutely not. No, I am. <laughs> I uh, I'm one of those people where um, people will, you, you know, how people drop references from movies like be in a conversation and somebody will quote a movie, something everybody would know. Uh, I never get those because I, I, there's just so many movies I haven't seen. So I hear all the time, you know, you've seen the Godfather, right? And I'd be like, no, never seen it. And I always get, you haven't seen the whatever you haven't seen this, you haven't (laughs) seen that. And it's like, you know, I've seen weird and stupid comedy movies that, maybe nobody has seen or a few people have seen um and i've seen almost all of like the main you know like super bad and like all those you know when i was a uh teenager and stuff like that that came out that were comedy related but anything that was a classic movie or something where most of everybody has seen it for the most part i haven't and that still happens today i'm i'm not a i don't know anything about like i've seen on tiktok that Toby Maguire, who I know as Spider-Man, because that was the last yep, one. Yeah, that that's the main. Saw. Yeah, like as soon as someone says Toby Maguire, that's the first thing they say. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> I saw him jump through a hole in a wall. Uh, or no, sorry, the other guy, uh, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. He jumped through a hole in a wall and Toby Maguire came from somewhere. And that's all I know about whatever the fuck happened in that movie. And then... I know that the guy who's dating Zendaya, Tom Holland. Yeah, he is currently Spider-Man, evidently. And I didn't know that until I saw the guy jump through the thing and then they were uh, talking about him or he was gone. I don't even know. So that's I don't know shit about like I don't watch new movies. I don't I barely ever watch uh, movies just in general. Uh, so I am very much a type of person who's not up on um, anything coming out, unfortunately. Well, it's so hard nowadays, too, because, I mean, um, uh, I'm, I'm normally such a huge follower of, uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, the new Thor Love and Thunder has come out and I still haven't gotten around to it. Uh, not just with life and everything life gets in the way this and that, too. Uh, but not just with that, but there's so many mo- uh, like, like uh, movies nowadays where especially with marvel uh they have all these shows on streaming and everything and it's like okay in order to understand this movie you need to watch this this thing on disney plus or this thing on like like uh, you know what i mean so it's so hard nowadays to keep track of all of them and to actually you're like how do i how do i how how do we have time to to keep track of these big movies coming out that 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 everybody's into and that I'm into, but it's just a matter of how how do I get the time to to uh to okay buy you know get a Disney Plus, you know, sign up for Disney Plus and then watch this and then watch that. I mean, uh how 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 big are you into like those streaming services? Are you do you have Disney Plus? Do you do any of that stuff or I have Netflix. Same here. Closest um, thing which, I got. <laughs> yeah, which I, uh, I, I guess I use primarily to watch um, 
specials like comedy specials that come out I, I like to see like how they look and stuff like that um that's about it uh i think i have amazon prime yeah i do um yeah i do have that i i don't remember the last time i watched it and uh yeah that's that's about all i have like uh, i'm i'm not a i don't have all the subscriptions to all the uh all the stuff but i i very rarely like I'll watch some YouTube stuff and, and things like that, but I'm not a, um, I'm, I, I, I don't watch a lot of stuff. Uh, I just, just for time, time's sake. I'm just not, um, just not watching a lot. No. And, and I mean, like, you know, that's, that's completely, that's, that's where I'm at nowadays too. Like, 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 like before I beat always, as soon as this movie comes out, we gotta go see it, and we and I be there like opening night and do this, and I gotta do that. And then not only is it hard to find time for it now, but like I said with Marvel, it's hard to find time now. Where okay, now there's this new uh, uh, MCU movie, but I have to watch this show on Disney Plus before I can understand this. And part of me is like, wow, is that really like? Oh my gosh, that seems a little. Uh, what's your opinion on the whole, on on basically like Disney Plus almost like taking over? Well, actually, Disney Plus and Netflix kind of they're kind of almost taking over the the entertainment industry as a whole. Because I mean, nowadays you don't really see many people. I mean, of course, there's still people who go to movies and everything. Uh, but I mean, now with Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and Netflix, what's your opinion that that's now like the new the new movie theater basically? That that's that it's kind of just swallowed everything around it that used to be uh yeah i you know i i don't really have i don't have i wouldn't have a strong opinion about that like i i, I definitely am not one of those people who would get mad and be like i can't believe they're taking over this is bullshit like i just don't get fired up about uh things like that at all so i you know it's convenient for people people like convenience um, obviously coming out of the COVID era, everybody got used to not going to a movie anyway, although they mm. were already doing that um, before COVID happened. But once you're like, you can't go and everybody, everybody, even people who would go to a movie stayed inside and watched it on their couch or in, in their bed. I mean, how could you, um, I mean, unless you want an experience of being in a theater and being around people and you know, the energy and all that kind of stuff, which is like a live experience. Um, why would you uh, not, you know, get those things and just watch whatever comes out in the comfort of your own home and order some pizza and take your pants off or whatever you do. <laughs> you know, At the time of this recording, Jeff isn't wearing pants during this recording. <laughs> Dude, I don't think I've worn pants on a video call since 2019. I, I don't remember the last time I got on a computer and had to wear pants. There's absolutely no point. But if you're going to a movie theater on a date, they actually don't like it if you show up without pants, which I learned the hard way. <laughs> Oh jeez! <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> well, no, there. Take it from Jeff, guys. We we're always wear pants. <laughs> Not always. Just like if you're going out in public, and specifically if you're going to a movie theater <laughs> or anywhere where you know there will be people around you, make sure you put on pants. Whatever type is up to you. Whether you want to put some jeans on, or you want to wear sweatpants or shorts or something. But uh, just make sure you don't show up in underwear. But oh, well, there we go. There, that that's that's going to be the quote for this for this episode. It's a little no. public service announcement I've been telling people lately. I do it on all my live shows too. Right at the end, that's how I close the show. Is just remind people to not show up with their dick out. <laughs> that's it. That's actually a good way. That's actually good. I mean, don't show up with your dick out is my next comedy album. I think. <laughs> there's there we go so so uh, uh this podcast inspired you to do that so we get credit <laughs> absolutely wow um so <laughs> well um so yeah basically yeah so that will 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 cover that one what's your opinion guys on all these movies like uh, uh how do you guys handle the 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 musty movies nowadays i mean like for me uh, it it definitely is hard to 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 uh, uh find time to do so, especially you know all this that I'm doing here, and then Jeff as you as with you as well. 
always busy with your comedy. You're all over the globe. Um, so and and now Disney Plus is and and everything is taking over. It's it's in a way kind of easier, but but uh, definitely be sure to let us know your thoughts, guys. What's your opinion on the whole the must see movies? Is there uh, is there too many of them? Is there not enough? How do you deal with it? Definitely be sure to let us know your thoughts on social media. And um, so uh, for our second main topic, um, earlier we were talking a little bit about influences. And and uh, so you say Jerry Seinfeld was a huge influence for you. And uh, someone who was an influence to not just me, but to millions of people was uh, Robin Williams. And who on July 21st would have been uh, 71. And so we're, uh, we are recording this July 24th. And so we. Today is July 26th. Oh, 26. I'm sorry. Today, <laughs> we've already gone over that. Is, we're in the future now. It's the morning of July 26th. I woke up early. It's like 7 a.m. It is July 26th. I'm in my underwear right now. <laughs> I'm in my own home. <laughs> July, currently 100% July 26th, 2022. We are not recording this in the evening of july 24th that is what we are not doing that was on a freudian slip there well let... <laughs> july 20 J- J- july 26 <laughs> so, right. so july 26 so uh yeah so july 21st would have been robin williams 71st birthday um so ha- um robin williams uh uh, how how big of an influence was he for you? Was he an influence to you? How uh, if so? How how has he impacted you as an entertainer and as a comedian? Because he's done that to millions of people around the world, and even to me in many ways. Um, see, uh, uh, seeing all the amazing things he's he's not 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 only done on screen but behind the scenes. You know, going off and uh, and entertaining the troops and uh, and. And just everything in general. So how has he really impacted uh, you, if, if at all? Uh, yeah, he, well, uh, uh, the main impact he had on me was, um, you know, he was very improvisational in his style uh, as well and, and could kind of take anything and, and make it funny. And um, but right before my very first comedy special years ago that I was getting ready to film, um I went back and watched his stand-up special from probably the 70s. Uh, It's in like a a small theater. It's like set up kind of like a club, really nice. Forget what it's called, but it's like something like he's in San Francisco or something like that. And uh, it's, you know, it's like Mork and Mindy time, right? Uh, It might've even been before that. And um, he opens the show with coming out. He goes through the audience and he grabs like a woman's purse and he goes through like stuff in the purse and he's just riffing and it's, and it's all over the map. It's crazy. It's high energy and it's just a hundred percent improvised. And then he goes into his scripted stuff. And so for me, it was really cool to see somebody do that in their comedy special, uh, knowing that I was heading into one for myself where I was going to attempt to do that for an entire show. No, he really was. And, and I mean, like uh, you mentioned that he was a gr- he, he was great at improv comedy. Uh, uh, has he inspired you in a way to uh, I, I mean, like um, you're not so much uh, on uh, the improv side, but has he almost like inspired you in a way to. Yeah, maybe I could try that kind of thing. Or have you just stuck with your own style? Uh, well, I'm fully improv or fully uh, improv. Well, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, so he absolutely. Yeah, he, he definitely inspired that. Um uh, just it's, it's much different. Like what he would do, what I'm doing is based on questions and answers from the audience. What he was doing was literally about anything, anything else. Exactly. And everything, um, you know, part of my show also is, um, you know, I will create stuff about the town or the city or, uh, some stuff about the venue or, you know, and so in that way, he definitely inspired that also because, it's not just about people. It can be about anything. And that's something that uh, I definitely learned from him. Yeah. And, and he was such a, such a talent on screen as well, too, like during movies. Um, 
have you seen many of his movies? I know you're not a huge movie. Like uh, uh, you, you said before, you're uh, you have it, it. It's hard to to keep up with with movies uh, uh, in general these days. But uh, ha- have you seen much of Robin Williams like movies? And if so, is there like one that really stood out to you, or is there? Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of his movies because I watched a lot of comedy stuff. Mm. So that 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 stuff I've seen way more than any of the bigger like blockbusters and all that kind of stuff. So like Mrs. Doubtfire, I would say is probably like my favorite um, Robin Williams movie. Oh, I actually did a top five list here and that was my number one. I was like, <laughs> yeah, he, that that's awesome. Um, I've seen Patch Adams, which is great. Uh, what? Uh, oh, um, when I was a kid, I would, I watched, was he in the original Jumanji? He was in the original Jumanji. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. actually number, that's number three on my list. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did see that when I was a kid. Um, I'm trying to Aladdin. Think. He was in the genie. That's my number two one for Robin Williams. Just, yeah. I have a friend who a- is obsessed with Aladdin and specifically the genie in it and quotes it all the time. And every time he does, I have to be like, is that Aladdin? Cause I have never seen, I've never seen Aladdin. Yeah. I mean, one thing that Robin Williams did was that he really set the bar high in ter- Cause of course, now that they've done their, 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 they've done a remake of Aladdin live action version. Will Smith is the genie. And I've actually had uh, the immense honor of watching Aladdin on Broadway in New York. And, uh, he sets such the, the, the bar so high as the genie, like, People always compare, no matter what it is, if it's theater or if it's a TV thing, no matter what it is, they see the genie and they're like, oh, he's not as good as Robin Williams. So I didn't really like him that much. Like, that's how, you know, he set the bar high. Like he was really, really like uh, uh, one of those distinct voices. And it was so hard to it was such a such a so iconic. It was so iconic. And and um, as soon as someone says genie, oh, you know, that's uh, Robin Williams. Like, you know what I mean? So that's, uh, and of course, I mean, I still haven't seen the new Aladdin movie, so I, I'm sure Will Smith did a, did a, a amazing job slapping. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. the shit out of Aladdin. <laughs> Aladdin, Aladdin somehow uh, had the genie's wife's name in his mouth. And so he had to slap the shit out of Aladdin and tell him to keep his wife's name, keep Mrs. Genie's name. <laughs> Out, out of, your... of his fucking mouth. That'll watch. <laughs> that That's... I would watch. That I would watch. Slap, slap the shit out of that guy right off the fucking carpet. That's what he'll do. <laughs> yes. That's okay. Yeah, that's going to be the Aladdin 2 because I think they're making a sequel to the live action one. So that'll, oh, good. Be, that'll be what that's going to be. <laughs> Whether they cast Will Smith in it now. I was worried they weren't. I was worried they might not do a second one there but i'm glad they've decided to as far as i know anyway i think it's still in the works but I'll sleep um, well tonight knowing that they're gonna make <laughs> there you one. go exactly um but yeah that's that 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 really shows the impact that he had where where you look at the genie and all you think is robin williams oh so-and-so is genie will smith's uh genie Oh, I don't care. He's not as good as Robin Williams, whatever. It's like, that's his own interpretation, but it's, it's just that Robin Williams left the biggest shoes to fill. That really shows uh, the impact that he had. And of course, Jumanji, you mentioned Jumanji. Oh my God. Like that's such a classic. How can you not, how, how there's, uh, I, I really don't think there's a way to talk about Robin Williams and not bring up Jumanji or Mrs. Doubtfire for me. And then of course the two night at the museums. Uh, have you ever watched those two? It's got Ben Stiller in it. No, those I've never seen. Those two, yeah. I've only seen the first two. There's three of them. I never saw the third one yet. But those two will probably be... I'm actually... Uh, I, I really, really uh, like those movies a lot. I know uh, some some people say they don't get the best rap, but I personally enjoy them. And Robin Williams was, of course, a huge uh, part of that. But one thing that I really, really admired about him, too, was um, uh, uh, you, you hear all, all these stories, of course, uh, once he passed away, uh, about how he wasn't only like the... Like the... Like, like an amazing talent, but... Outside of that, he was like the nicest, nicest human being you ever could have asked for. Like he would, you know, you'd see these people or celebrities and they would do these kind acts or, or and and or or uh, uh, kind gestures. And then 
advertise it everywhere. Oh, look what I did for so this charity organization, uh, uh, this and that. But uh, Robin Williams was the type of person where he would do that, but he would not want any any uh any credit for it whatsoever it's just he just did it he didn't do it for publicity he just did it because he wanted to do it and he wanted to be uh and he wanted to support the cause uh whatever the cause was like i know it was um he he had entertained the troops uh uh and didn't nobody knew about it until after he passed someone said oh yeah he did all this work for the troops i think that's really amazing that's really really something um what was your reaction when you found out about his passing because that was a huge day i think we can all remember what we were doing if we were huge fans of his um yeah i to be honest i don't remember what i was doing i i do remember being shocked uh you know you're shocked and like saddened by it um obviously but uh yeah i don't remember like i don't remember specifically you know you know how people say oh i, I remember exactly where i was when reagan was shot or whoever the fuck got yeah. shot um yeah no i i don't i don't know that but uh yeah it was obviously very sad and and um you know sucked but it was wild that like for me i never knew personally about his issues i had no idea he was dealing with depression anxiety i never really looked too much into it and then once i heard he passed i said i had no idea that he was even uh going through that and uh so it was a huge shock to me when i first found out like um there's all there's certain celebrities all oh, like so and so members where they were when elvis died or where michael jackson died for me uh robin williams is a huge one because i still remember everybody like the internet was blowing up everyone i knew personally was freaking out they couldn't believe that it had happened um but it yeah as i said with aladdin it really showed uh uh the impact that he left on you and and um it's just a shame that he you know he still had so much left going for him and uh you know only he was what i think it was 60 i can't remember how old they said well, i mean he would have been 70 71 this past week so uh it really was a shock absolutely uh just to hear what he was going through um were you aware of any of that stuff that he was going through prior to his passing or was it kind of like with me you learned all about it at once and it kind of kind of changes your may not change your whole opinion but like your whole oh my god i didn't know he was going through that kind of thing I, yeah, I definitely didn't know any of that, um, that I didn't know he was going through any of that. I, I think for me, it resonated a little bit differently because I do know and have seen, especially in comedy, there is a lot of depression. There is a lot mm -hmm. of people that are not what you would see publicly on a stage or, you know, on a show. Um, and so that side to me where people were very shocked by it i wasn't that shocked that it you know because people's reaction was like he was so entertaining he was so funny he was so you know uh upbeat and all that kind of stuff but he had these and i've just seen that so much in the industry that it was that part wasn't as shocking to me although i was not aware of it yeah it's really crazy that that um someone had even said too, they're like, check on your quiet, happy friends. Cause they're the ones who need you the most. And that, 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 that quote didn't resonate with me until after Robin Williams, when that was when I really started to realize that, okay, just because you're a celebrity, you've, you've accomplished all these things. You've, you've, you've made, you've entertained millions of people. You've made lots of people laugh, but that doesn't mean that you're, life is exactly perfect or where you want it to be and i never back then i would have been in i think like grade 10 9 10 in high school somewhere in there so back then it was more so like you're you're, you're a kid you don't got nothing you know not much to worry about you know what i mean like it's and then once something like that happens a piece of your childhood is taken from you like that when he was going through all this right in front of your eyes and you didn't even know it so i feel like that that for me his passing and the circumstances of his passing really resonated with me hard, just knowing what he's gone through. And uh, I've opened up about my battles with anxiety and all that before too. So it really hits home. Um, so, but they do say laughter is the best medicine. I mean, like, what do you, where do you stand on that? That's always a, you know, people say it, it's a cliche, but I mean, 
sometimes it isn't. I mean, like you work in this business. How do you see that whole laughter is the best medicine kind of thing? It is the best medicine unless you're allergic to something, in which case you might need an EpiPen for that. Uh, You don't Mm. want somebody standing there telling jokes while your neck is swelling because a bee fucking stung you. Uh, But yeah, I I mean, humor is definitely... um, Humor can alleviate so many situations. I mean, somebody that, you know, if you have a friend come over and they're going through a bad breakup and you can somehow make them laugh, for the moment that they're laughing, they're forgetting what is causing their pain even if it's for one second if they go ha for one second they forgot that you know they got cheated on or their their uh marriage is over or something like that um so humor is a great way for people to um and that's why live stand-up comedy is is great for people and that's why it's it's a fantastic option for people to see especially live because you can walk into that room and forget about whatever's happening in your life, your personal life that's giving you trouble. And we all have that, every human. So you can walk in, have somebody tell some jokes for 90 minutes, forget about that stuff, and it'll be there for you when you leave the the comedy show. Um, But for that time, you've hopefully forgotten about it and had some fun and experienced a bit of joy in your life for at least a few minutes. And then you can get back to uh, the stresses and the worries. So, you know, comedy is very important in our society um, in all aspects. I mean, just mean like stand-up comedy. I mean, even just sitting around with a friend shooting the shit and just telling jokes and, you know, having a laugh together, it brings people together. I don't think anything brings, brings people together more than if you're laughing together at something specific that you saw or that somebody said that. Yeah. And and that's the best way to put it. I mean, uh, you know, comedy is very essential. It is essential. You know, we need, you know, you had a rough day at work. Oh, but you know, let's go see the stand-up show tonight, and uh, and you know that'll kind of help take your mind off it. Uh, so it really is. It's it, it's super helpful, and uh, 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 to me, I consider it essential. It is. It is. Um, I mean, uh, when COVID locked uh, everything down, there were lots of things deemed non-essential and essential. I do consider that to be essential because I mean, we all need we all need that uh, that that uh, boost in our lives and our self-esteem and. Uh, so, yeah, so that's our opinion. Robin Williams, his 71st birthday, rest in peace, almost gone eight years in August. Uh, so it's hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, so feel free to let us know your favorite uh, Robin Williams uh, uh, movie, whether it's his movie, uh, comedy act, anything at all Robin Williams related. Be sure to let us know your thoughts. And uh, well, speaking of uh, going to uh, stand up shows and uh, taking your mind off whatever's going on in your, in your life. For those of you in Miramichi, you can catch uh, Jeff Leeson at uh, Carrefour Beausoleil Saturday, August 20th. Whoa, for, how do you say it? How do oh, you say that? How do I say what? Oh, uh, uh, Carrefour Beausoleil. Carrefour Beausoleil. Carrefour okay. Beausoleil, yep. <laughs> All right, thank you. That's the way. There you go. He's I'm, like dropping that down. having some trouble with that. I'm having some <laughs> real trouble. Yeah, no, uh, uh, not the first person to do that. Someone says, what, what's that? What does that, you know, what does that mean? Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, tickets are $30 in advance, but at the door, they're $35. Uh, so uh, you can reserve your tickets by uh, emailing uh, reception at carbo.ca or by calling 506-627-4125. I'll say it again, 506-627-4125. Uh, and the show starts at uh, 7 p.m. Is that you can also get those tickets online as well. If you would rather they're on Eventbrite. It's uh, I think it's Jeff Leeson show dot eventbrite.ca. Um, I think is exactly where you'd get them. But uh, they are available online. If you're not if you don't want to send an email or do a phone call. Um, you can also get them there. Sorry about that. What was, what was your question? No, oh no. Uh, that's all good. That was, uh, I can't remember uh, what, uh, what my question was now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even sure if I had a question at all there now. <laughs> uh, but um, so yeah, that will do it for the show today, guys. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Jeff Leeson. Jeff, do you have any final words before we uh, sign off here today? No, just thank you for having me on. I appreciate you uh, bringing me, bring me on the show here. And um, I am really excited to be in, how do you say, Miramichi? Miramichi, yep. 
Mary Mishi. I'm very excited to be Mary Mishi on Saturday, August the 20th at uh, the venue that you said before. Care for most of There it is. Um, and uh, I hope to see uh, everybody out there. I, I, we, we really hope for a good crowd. And, um, you know, quite honestly, every comedian I've spoken to that tours the country that has been there has told me that Miramichi will be my favorite place to do comedy. I've never been there 22 years. I've never done uh, a show there. Uh, this is my first one, and uh, I'm really hoping for a good turnout. So I hope to see a lot of people there. Well, definitely be sure to uh, support Jeff, guys. And uh, so, yeah, I'll say that again. The non-virtual comedy tour on the East Coast. Headliner, Jeff Leeson. Uh, Saturday, August 20th at Carrefour Beausoleil. Uh, tickets are $35 at the door or uh, $30 in advance. Uh, reception at Carbo.ca. And uh, the Eventbrite uh, was a Jeff leasonshow.eventbrite.ca something like that i think that I, I believe that's the one yeah also you can go to my website jeffleasoncomedy.com and under tour dates um you'll find a link like directly to the tickets as well if you don't want to type all that shit into the uh to the search bar i totally get it but you can go to jeffleasoncomedy.com and get your tickets there as well saturday august the 20th miramichi Perfect. So we, 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 we hope to see many of you guys there. Thank you for tuning into the show today. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Jeff Leeson. And uh, yep, definitely feel free to let us know your thoughts on social media, guys. And uh, yep. So this is Frankie and Jeff signing off. We'll see you next week, guys. See you, Jeff. I will not see you next week. But You I, won't see me next week, but no, maybe, but maybe maybe I'd love to have you back on, though. Who knows? Maybe I will be here next week since I was here today on July the 26th. <laughs> July the 26th. Maybe he'll be here on July 27th. Maybe we'll do it. <laughs> we'll arrange something. <laughs> I'll be in touch it. with your agent. Okay, great. It's also me. So It's also me. My, yeah, you're the agent. Yeah, I was actually have, talking to you. <laughs> you have the email. You have my email and my Perfect. agent's email. Same email. There we go. All right. So thank you, Jeff. I'll see you around. Absolutely. Thanks, man.